Hello and welcome to the Remake Mistake, brought to you by WolfbaneBlooms.com. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at an original horror movie, as well as its remake, in an effort to answer two questions. First, does the remake stand up to the original? And second, should it have been remade at all? Or was this remake a mistake? Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms. And the autumn moon is bright. Alrighty, for our 14th episode, we're going to be taking a look at 1951's The Thing from Another World and John Carpenter's fantastic The Thing. I am Eric, and with me as always is Mike. Good afternoon. <laughs> How are you feeling today, Mike? <laughs> I'm fine. There's that sun right in my eyes. Yeah, it's but nice. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> you look, it's very artsy looking. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Thing, man. Mm hmm. Fantastic movie. 1982? Yeah. Yeah. 82? Yeah. Yeah, 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 sir. 82. I'm the always thing. positive of the dates, and then we start this, I and I lose it. Well, yeah. It's the, it's the pressure of Yeah, it it's uh, everyone listening. Mm, all, <laughs> <laughs> all six people. That's that handful of people. It really gets you nervous. Um, I, have, I had seen John Carpenter's The Thing many, many, many times. Countless times, yeah. I have never seen The Thing from Another World prior to this. Was there watch. any reason why you hadn't, or just no interest? Um, no interest. Hmm. Generally, I don't go for sci-fi-type movies. Like 1950s sci-fi? Yeah. Pre-alien sci-fi? Yeah. I mean, even in general, like non-horror sci-fi doesn't really do it for me yeah, i'm not, I'm not even a, sci-fi yeah even like star wars and things i don't really care i don't even feel like that's so much sci-fi well, but i get like what you mean adventure. there's a lot of stuff yeah. that's but why still. i hate the prometheus movies and everything yeah so i don't know i just think it's just that like it's that pinnacle of like scientists meddling with things they don't understand yeah and everything is an allegory for something. Yeah, for some <laughs> something happening in the world. Yes. Yeah. Mostly communism. <laughs> yeah. But with that said, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was better than some of the other ones. I mean, I say I don't like them, but I've seen a handful of them. Sure. I'd seen this one years ago. I don't remember any of it. Maybe just the iconic scenes of yeah. just basically him being burned to death. Right. I think the most I had seen of this movie prior was the the seconds worth of clips they show in Halloween. Oh yeah, as the kids are watching it on TV in the background. Yeah, but if someone showed you an image like everyone standing around on that oh, ice, yeah. you would know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, thing from another world, 1951, 88 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's impressive. It's very surprising um, when when 1982's The Thing has an 83 percent. Um, Completely different movies. Yeah, very, very different. We were going to do this one last year, but we didn't think it was really much of a a remake. Yeah. And then we did The Leprechaun and everything changed. <laughs> and now on our 14th episode, <laughs> our, our standards have loosened a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're not so strict anymore. Well, well, both this and John Carpenter's are based on the novella Who Goes There by yeah. John W. Campbell. So... The, John Carpenter's isn't a remake of this so much as it is another adaptation of the book. Yeah. But whatever. For talking purposes, it's a remake. Yeah. And we probably won't, we may mention it, but won't really go into 2011's right. The Thing. 
which is technically a prequel, but might as well just be another remake. Yeah. Because they hit a lot of the same points. Yeah, and just in slightly different ways. Right. Although I did enjoy that movie. Anyway, Thing from Another World, just coming in under an hour and a half. Director, hmm, technically Christian Nyby. Yeah, there's been reports back and forth. Right, but it's a Howard Hawks production. And a Howard Hawks, it's his movie. Yeah, it's been it's been much argued and rumored that Howard Hawks just directed yeah. the whole thing. Even discrepancies among the cast itself. Yeah, certain people, that's so crazy to me that they would disagree on that. Yeah. Totally different stories. From so we can say co-directed. Yeah. So little, little Christian and Howard in it together. Sorry, Nyby. Yeah. Uh, written by Charles Letterer. Mm, who wrote literal. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Ocean's Eleven, and some other movie that Mike won't shut up about <laughs> called... His Girl Friday. Sure, His Girl Friday. It's a very famous movie. Uh-huh. But like we mentioned, based on the story, who goes there? Yeah. That's a pretty good introduction. Uh, <laughs> if I do say <laughs> yeah. so myself. I'm just going to leave now, okay? <laughs> Go ahead. Pat yourself on the back. I am. Um, man, but not much happens in this movie. It really doesn't. I was shocked when it was over. Yeah. There's... Because I was waiting for something to happen. One thing happens, most of the action happens off screen. Yeah. Probably because of the times, because you can't show someone hanging upside down, bleeding with their True. neck slit. Here's the thing about it, though. Throat, right in, throat. in a movie that was an hour and 20 minutes and not much happened, I think as we were sitting there watching it, I thought several times, like, man, you could cut this into like a terrifying 20 minute or tw- like 25 minute movie because yeah. there were certain moments or certain things that were said or shown that were like awesome yeah. or like genuinely spooky. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of planes landing and planes taking off and planes flying and people getting off of planes. <laughs> a lot of planes in this movie. And the dialogue is a period of its time, a period of its a time. period of its time, <laughs> a product of its time. <laughs> It's got that overlapping dialogue where everybody just talks over each other. Yeah, but everybody talks. That's fine, but throw, you know, it's inflection very, in Yeah, there. it's very stiff and monotone. Yeah, everybody's talking fast like it's the 1930s, but it's 1950s. Right. All right, so this movie takes place, well, it starts in Anchorage, Alaska. Woo! <laughs> Shout out to Anch- all the listeners in Anchorage. <laughs> Um, they're at an officer's club for the army and, uh, God, there are so many people in this movie. There's, uh, no one famous, just a lot of bodies, which is a stark contrast to Carpenter's the thing where like 12. Yeah. And like, you can pretty much name and know the major role of every person in that movie. Well, Mike can, but most people probably remember a little bit better. Yeah. I know the faces in and this most movie, of the actors' names. Yeah. In this movie, it's just like a revolving door of, of people you would never recognize. Yeah, like each scene, someone else, you have your main like four or five and then other people are in there. Yeah. Like, was it really necessary to show the Asian cook who had no lines but just stood in the background? <laughs> you liked that guy, though. <laughs> I liked him because he just appeared. <laughs> so, all right. So the character's... That we need to know are Hendry, who is like a I don't captain know. in the Air Force. Yeah, he. I believe he will, it's the Air Force. He's like the Kurt Russell type character in this, the hero, if you will. There are no types like any other types between movies. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we've got Scotty, who's this reporter, who is the whole movie. He's just trying to get the scoop. He's the worst. Yeah, he's bad. 
Um, and then the only other really major. I like character. to point out that Scotty is one of the worst at his job in this movie. <laughs> he's a reporter, and he's supposed to be taking pictures, and he doesn't get any pictures at all. No, not the whole. One time, time near the end, at the end, the, the aliens just burning and being electrocuted in front of him, and he's just standing there staring. It goes on for like two minutes, and then he faints. He was shocked. Yeah, shocked. <laughs> I was appalled. Appalled at his his poor performance. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Anyways, go on. Um, the last major character is the villain, I guess, the non-alien villain, who's Doctor Carrington, who is the uh, stereotypical mad scientist. Yeah. Who like wants to to study the alien rather than just kill it, which is mm-hmm. the American thing to do. Yeah. Just kill that alien. Um, all right. So don't forget the ladies. Yeah, there's women in this who don't do anything, really. One kind of does stuff. She's the secretary assistant of the doctor. I don't know. Secretary's assistant. Mm. Secretary or assistant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the plot gets set that um, strange happenings have been uh, occurring, have Mm -hmm. been happening. Mm -hmm. Strange happenings have been happening at the North Pole. From another planet. From From another world. No, it was that they saw... They got through whatever crazy... That's the one thing we can say about this movie is they have pretty good, like, technology in it to help them. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's 1950s, well, but still, sure. the stuff... They're good plot devices. Yeah, they have, like, a radio ra- radiation counter. And then that's how they see the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the Geiger counter. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. The they see the... They have the camera out there that takes pictures of it flying in. That's uh, how they know there's something there. Yeah. So our crew, our, our, you know, Anchorage, Alaska crew flies to the North Pole, which is where the majority of this movie is going to take place. Mm-hmm. So that they meet up with a secondary crew led by evil Dr. Carrington. He, he used the word evil lightly. He's not really evil. He just wants... he. He's evil in 1951, killing alien yeah, standards. He's got, he's got his heart in the right place. Yeah, his priorities are a little out of whack, maybe. But yeah, he needs to not... <laughs> he needs to care about human life. That's the They problem. really paint him as like a hardcore villain, though. Like yeah. a real bad guy. Yeah, near the end, he gets real bad. Yeah. And then he just tries to talk to it. Yeah. Um, so they get to the North Pole. They vis- visit the crash site of this thing. And, hey, I said thing. Yeah. We should have a bell that rings every time we accidentally <laughs> say thing. Yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so they all decide, ooh, they can see it under the ice. This was bothering me that uh, they were just clearly standing on ground in a, on a stage, but they were pretending like they could see through the floor, like yeah. there was clear ice. I think I read that it was they were in California and it was 100 degrees outside. Yeah. No, that sounds right. Um, man, but they kept doing it. They kept like just brushing away, you yeah. know, powder and then saying, oh, look, oh, you look can I see. can see right through. <laughs> so they find out it's, it's the saucer and they're like, hey, we'll just melt the ice with these thermite bombs. Mm-hmm. And instead of that, it just explodes the ship and yeah, a million. Pieces. They set the ship on fire. Yeah, great. It's just it explodes into a putty, and then they find the body. Yeah, and so this is kind of like this whole scene is kind of what the prequel is that 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. 11. What that 2011 prequel kind of explains, re-explains, is them actually finding the yeah. alien. Because in John Carpenter's, by the time we get into the story. It's art that all this has already happened. I wonder if the novella, if we ever 
like if it starts where John Carpenter started or if it mm-hmm. starts where the prequel, let's say, starts? I don't know. Yeah. There's only no way to find out. <laughs> I know. I was going to buy it on Amazon last night, and it was like $17 for a novella, yeah, and I not... was like, Bleh. Nope. What, am I a rich person? Yeah, geez, go to the library. Yeah. I'm going to go to the library. What, am I a poor person? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <No. laughs> they get the thing out of the ice. And they bring it back. Yeah, you think. And uh, they're like, they're arguing over whether or not they're going to defrost it. Dr. Carrington says, we need to defrost it. We need to study it. Hendley. Hendley. Hendry. Hendry. It's is bad all, Yeah. He's break all like, those windows and freeze it up in here. <laughs> yeah. We got to keep it until we hear from my superiors. Yep. Then the guy keeping uh, keeping watch over it gets chilly because they open windows <laughs> and the giant block of ice. So instead of putting the heated electric blanket on him, he puts it on the ice <laughs> of that's holding the thing. Was it because he was cold or because he didn't like look yeah, at no, it? No, he. I don't know. I oh. assumed it was because he was cold because he put it on and go because he had his back to it. Yeah. And then he put it on and he goes, "That's better." Oh yeah. It could have been because he didn't want it. I it it's funnier if he <laughs> he's cold because of it. I'm going with that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But yeah, he puts the uh, electric blanket on it. It melts. Melts it, as you would imagine would happen. Um, it gets out, attacks the dogs. Yeah, we see a dead dog. Yeah, a couple dead dogs in this movie actually. It's, well, there are a lot more, but they're in pieces. Yeah. And uh, runs off into the night. and yeah, not before losing an arm to right. the dog. So they find a, a severed arm under the dead dog. You like how I looked at and pointed it at my nice. arm? It was nice, yeah. It's a good visual. <laughs> it's a shame this isn't a video podcast. Um, so this is where the main plot of this film kind of diverges from the novella and the Carpenter version in that this thing does not uh, like assimilate people mm-hmm. and animals instead it's just a vegetable that survives and grows off of blood right they even refer to it as a super carrot yeah at one point which is a terrible line um yeah so yeah i don't know what do you think about that change i feel like it might have been because of there was a lot going on in this movie, and that would have just confused audiences. Trying to make it where, like, it takes over people's bodies. Although it would have made a better allegory. Yeah? Especially during, you know, the Red Scare and the Korean War. Right. Well, you know, yeah. plants. It, it just seems weird that it's, like, it's a vegetable, and it just grows. I mean, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It still made sense, its motives. Yeah. It was trying to grow and create more, so I guess that could also be. Yeah. So in the hand, in the in the severed hand, they find seed pods. Mm-hmm. Seed pods. Seed pods, and uh, Doctor Carrington decides he's going to try to grow the seed pods in secret. So he's like feeding the little pods blood, yeah, human blood, and they're growing, um, which is kind of a cool thing too. So. They, uh, you know, they set out in search of the thing. Now they find a dead dog in the greenhouse. It comes in the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, well, it kills a couple people. Yeah. So a dude gets attacked in the greenhouse and then they go there and um, we don't see it, but it's a pretty horrifying imagery of two guys hung upside down from the rafters with their throats cut and they've been like blood dry. Yeah. It's pretty good stuff. 
for 1951. Pretty, yeah. pretty horrifying imagery. Um, so they, they barricade the greenhouse and everything. They think it's... Um, Oh, they they see it in there. They, he, yeah, they he open the, the door. door and, that was a pretty yeah. good shot. Yeah, and the the thing is in there. Although I'm not sure what it was doing, just standing there at the door. It was waiting. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for them to come. <laughs> waiting for his cue. Yeah. And action. Um. So they finally hear word from the superiors. Word is, don't harm the thing. They mm. want to study it. So they decided to set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, that's I their gut. Yeah. That's how you take care of something. Not yeah. Not going to kill, just going to set it on fire a little bit. Right. Just going to burn it up. Yeah. It's all right. Um, and this is like probably the strongest sequence in the movie. Yeah, very intense setting and everything. setting on fire. Yeah. Turn off the lights and everything. Yeah. Very well choreographed, too. There's I mean, a, they had to. Have yeah. Been. There's a moment at the end right before they cut. And I know this is on YouTube, so check it out if you haven't seen the movie. But um, where they're splashing it, everyone's kind of hiding behind furniture, and they're splashing it with buckets of kerosene. Yeah. And uh, there's like the last bucket they throw, like hits the wall and explodes. And there's like a woman hiding behind a mattress. Yeah. And like right before they cut, you just see the whole mattress just get engulfed in flames. Yep. Like that must have been an insane sequence to shoot. Yeah, it was apparently one of the first. If not the first time a full body had been set on fire in a movie. Yeah, it looks good too. I mean, it doesn't look like a like a dude in one of those big fireproof suits. Like, yeah. I mean, the the thing itself is already kind of bulky in this movie, yeah, in but it costume. looks good. It, like, yeah, it's a very effective scene. The most effective scene, I might definitely, argue. definitely. Um, Anyways, it gets out. Yeah, <laughs> it leaps out a window and, and then it runs away on fire. Yeah, off into the night. Go, um, go tattle on him. <laughs> so their next plan is now instead of burning it with gas to burn it with electricity um, they discover that the heat has been cut to the building so much it, you know, yeah the thing somehow is an electrician and cut the heat yeah it, it sabotaged the oil line or something so they have like basically a half hour or so before they just freeze to death at the north pole um, so they're huddling in the generator room the plan is to lure it in and and electrocute it to to death yeah um but right when it gets there they're about to electrocute it carrington villain cuts the power to the generator he wants to reason with it um instead of that he gets bashed yeah he's pleading with it saying you're smarter than humans i'm a scientist and the thing has nothing of it yeah Yeah. much like how the uh, like that final sequence in uh, prometheus very similar i've blocked that movie out of my mind Anyway, um, so now that Carrington has been bashed, they uh, they get it into the right spot. They get the power back on. They electrocute it. It burns into a pile of ash. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. And then the little like uh, epilogue at the end is the reporter, Scotty, um, relaying his story back to, I don't know, the other reporters in Anchorage, I guess. Yeah, he's reporting his story to his paper so it can run. Via via radio, mm-hmm. and that's it. He has some great lines at the end, though. His like little speech at the end is pretty good. It's Does fun. that like keep watching the skies? Bit. Yeah, yeah. You didn't care for it, huh? I don't care for that character. So anything he said bothered me. Hmm. But I mean, that's that whole movie. Bothered you? No, no, no. That's it. Very yeah. short. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not short. It's an hour and a half. It's it's almost the same length as. There's just it could be cut down and rebuilt. 
Yeah, it just feels like for how long it is. Um, you know, what What did we just go through the whole plot here in like less than 20 minutes? That's fine. So it's just like not much happens. Yeah, we skipped some stuff, but it was nothing to... No. Yeah. The things we skipped were like them boarding a plane. Yeah, them discovering that the thing was in the green room and then left. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there was some frost. Yeah. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. I didn't hate it. No. I didn't think it was... A, I'm not sure I would give it an 88%. Yeah. That's a little generous. I put it in the 60s, maybe. Yeah. That's maybe 1951. Hey-oh. This guy. All right. Shit, man. I don't have anything else to say about that movie, frankly. Well, it's been like... A lot of directors cite that movie as being a huge inspiration to them, including John Carpenter. So. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even think like the atmosphere of the movie was particularly good. There were moments, like when they're about to electrocute it, they turn off some of the lights and stuff like that. And yeah. The music was worked well enough in those intense scenes, but yeah. that's because there was the anticipation of something going to happen, and then something happened. Right. Otherwise, there's anticipation and... Nothing really happens. Yeah. Like the anticipation of them standing around in a circle and then realizing, oh, saucer. That's not, there's no, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the time difference. Yeah. I just think about like, you know, the 30s and 40s, like universal movies. Granted, those are horror, you know, instead of like a sci-fi horror. But but there's depth. Yeah. And like, there's not much depth here. They're full of atmosphere and like this, you know. The story is engaging for the most part. Um, this one was just kind of felt like just people reading off of a script. To mention another movie of the same time, I would say that I liked this movie better than The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah, because that's 54. Mm, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. It's early 50s, but yeah. yeah. It's. Yeah, I, that's also. I mean, I my... feel like there might be more happening in that one, but this one, I feel like the danger is more present. Yeah. Because you don't see the the evil monster swimming around. Right. Ogling, oogling. Yeah, and that's another thing to talk about this this movie was I feel like the thing itself was weak in terms of appearance. It just looked like a like a person or like a, a caricature alien from the fifties, you know, like no, just kinda not little... even that I wouldn't even give it that much credit. Yeah. It just looked like Looked like it was a man that got burned up a little bit, so he yeah. had no hair. He had the, like barbs on his the, fingers, but that was kind of about it. Yeah, and yeah, the thing with alopecia. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the because they showed it a few times, like really clearly. So well, they, I read that the there were supposed to be close-ups, but mm. they thought that the makeup wouldn't hold up under scrutiny. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so I think they either could have shown it less or done something different so it wasn't just like a dude with a bald cap on yeah i appreciate that we didn't see it too much because that would have like well really the only times we saw it were when it was on fire or being electrocuted or when you open the door he loves to whip open doors oh yeah he did whip open several doors yeah yeah his um his motivations were also weird throughout yeah because he needed blood but also he wasn't attacking really like in that final sequence, he rips open the door. 
Yeah, why wouldn't he attack the doctor? Uh, and then, Maybe he's just pissed and wants revenge yeah. at that point because and, they cut out, helped cut off his arm. <laughs> I thought the dog tore his arm off. Well, help. Yeah. They brought the dogs. Instead of charging them at the end, he just stands there and waits yeah. to be electrocuted. Yep. Waits his turn. Yeah. It sounds an awful lot like I didn't really like this movie, but I did. Yeah. I liked it. They're, it's just easy to pick apart because it's it's old. <laughs> yeah. I think it will be more clear once we get to our final questions. Yeah. Well, let's look at let's look at Carpenter. Let's look at our final questions. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to skip over John Carpenter. The Thing, 1982, 83% in Rotten Tomatoes, coming in an hour. No, coming in at 109 minutes. Mm. Which is, hour and nine minutes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell, Keith David, Wilfred Brimley. Wilfred Brimley. Others. Many others. Um, written by Bill Lancaster, who wrote Bad News Bears. And Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. <laughs> and My Girl Thursday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this movie, goddamn, everybody should know this movie. This is one of the best horror movies. It now it now it's regarded, but like when it came out, it was kind of it came out at a bad time. Yeah, it was unfortunate, right between ET and Blade Runner. Yeah, it was very forgotten. It's not. It doesn't stand up as well as ET, maybe, but certainly better than Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. In in retrospect, now it's it's known and regarded as one of the best horror Man, movies. It is everything about it. It's a, it doesn't even feel like an eighties movie that much. No, yeah, it holds up very well. I mean, some of these effects in it are just horrifying. Yes, truly. Um, opens with flying saucer <coughs> entering Earth's atmosphere, so we actually get to see a flying saucer. Do we? Cool. Yeah. The mm. opening shot before the, the title screen comes on. Immediately I think followed that's just by, the Universal logo. <laughs> immediately followed by John Carpenter's The Thing. And they use the exact same yeah. um, like burning away letters as the 1951. I think the 2011 one did that too. Oh, nice. In a certain way. Keeping it together. Um, this one takes place rather than in Anchorage, Alaska, in Antarctica. Winter 1982 is the is the title that we get. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like this is, I really liked the way that they did the prequel, the 2011 one, mm-hmm. because you can tell that those, whoever made that movie was a huge fan of John Carpenter's film yeah. because they, they took like meticulous detail to make sure that the things that they did lined up with what happens in John Carpenter's movie. Well, they said that they wanted, like the studio said, why don't you make a remake of that one? Yeah. And they said, it's too perfect of a movie. So and we'll I appreciate a, that. So we'll yeah. Do a, yeah. I wish I'm more glad, people yes. had the... <laughs> Look at Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> more people need that kind of common sense. Yeah. Um, so this movie opens with two Norwegians in a helicopter trying to shoot a dog that's mm-hmm. running across the snow. So that's we something... We know nothing about right. anything right now. Right. That's something that they explain well in the prequel, how that leads up to that. But yeah. that's how the movie Cold opens. Um, we're at a, a National Science Station... Uh, in Antarctica. Um, there's a handful. Of, maybe we should just run through some of the characters, at least the key characters. So we got yeah. McCready, who's Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. He's like a pilot, cowboy pilot. Doesn't want to be there. Doesn't want to be there. Hates losing to chess. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's playing computer chess and he loses. So he, he just pours, pours his drink into the computer. <laughs> it's a great shot. Um, 
We've got Childs, who's Keith David. Mm-hmm. Um, Blair is the doctor. That's Wilford Brimley. And then there's other characters. Yeah, I mean... Those are kind of like the, the main... I don't know. I feel like everybody who makes it past, you know, maybe a half yeah. an hour is a main character. Yeah. Well, there's Clark, who's the dog wrangler. Yeah. And then there's that poor Fuchs. Schmucks. Fuchs? Am I, is that his name? Fuchs, yeah. Yeah. So he's another guy who's important. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all right. Got the cook. The, yeah, the cook. The he's Asian not Asian this time. No. <laughs> All right, so the dog makes it to the station. The helicopter lands, um, language barrier. Mm-hmm. So the Norwegian guys are just like trying to kill the dog still. The one guy drops a stick of dynamite, blows himself up, and the helicopter. Yeah. The other guy just starts like blindly shooting at the dog. Uh-huh. Gets one of the guys in the leg. I don't know which one. Fuchs, I think. Maybe Fuchs. Now you just say that because that's the last name I said. I don't remember any of them. So they kill him. They mm-hmm. kill the Norwegian guy, and they take the dog in. Yep. Little did they know. Bum, bum. What? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Um, so Gary, who's like the boss, I guess. He's the guy who looks like a sheriff. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he's played a sheriff in something before. <laughs> the old, the oldest actor in it. Yeah. He uh, decides to have Mac take him and another doctor over to the Norwegian station and yeah. see what's going on. Um, That's a lot of atmosphere in that one oh, scene. Oh, yeah. So it's just the three of them exploring this, like, ab- abandoned by death, you know. Burned down. Yeah. Kind of gutted Which is station. the same set that they used, which is the main set, but after they blew it up in the end, they just revisited. Spoiler alert. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so while they're exploring, uh, McCready so, finds a, a huge block of ice that's been hollowed out. Yeah. Um, and then outside they find charred remains in the snow with mm-hmm. like a bunch of cans of gas laying around. Yeah. Um, so they bring it back because why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, Blair, Wilfred Brimley starts autopsying the body. Um, Seems to know an awful lot about it in yeah. a few minutes. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. To move the plot forward. Um, meanwhile, Clark, the dog wrangler, puts... Mm-hmm the dog in with his dogs and it's a hard scene to watch but then <laughs> that dog um, like immediately starts transforming well the dog's walking around at first i think well yeah because like at that point he could have gone to anybody so yeah they Which... really do a good job of making you um well the whole point is like paranoia if it could be anybody having listened to the commentary with kurt russell and john carpenter john carpenter gushed over how great an actor that dog was oh really yeah like he would be watching it and he'd be saying all right the dog did this this and this as we're watching it yeah. he's saying why it's so great nice like he never even reacted to the camera 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 <laughs> camera or anything uh-huh so yeah he also loved to point out when it was a fake dog and a real dog. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Although there was one point when I think he was wrong, but if not, that was a that hell was of a good. fake dog. Yeah. Um, it blew open and shooting out tentacles and everything. <laughs> like, That's a fake dog. <laughs> Thanks, John. Very helpful. Um, they uh, they hit the fire alarm. Yeah. And 
when once they realize that the dog something's wrong with the dogs and uh, yeah they like all get into the room and they find this like mushy half dog creature Mm -hmm. like really fucking up a couple other dogs yeah sorry that's that's yeah like acid is just worn away the dogs or whatever it is i know there's like one that's like it's got like tentacles all stuck in it and it's real gnarly yeah immediately sets the tone for the rest of the effects in this movie they're gonna be real gross yeah this movie is not easy to watch if you have a i don't know if you have a weak stomach (laughs) a weak constitution i watched it when i got home from work and i was gonna eat i was like "Ah, i should probably wait till after this movie to eat yeah we were eating while we watched it and like we were like i'm like oh shit i need to finish before yeah starts yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god god um so Childs breaks in and uh, just torches the the dog creature with a flamethrower. Yep. Which is also uh, the flamethrower is going to be a big part yeah, of this movie. It is. Is there one or two? I think there's two. Okay. I'm having a hard time remembering between this and the 2011. Oh yeah. On little details, but sure. Um. So Blair then decides to start an autopsy on that charred mass. This is his Fair. second. Second autopsy. Yeah. Um, Finally pulling his weight. Yeah. They figure out pretty quickly, actually, that, like, oh, it was trying to imitate the dogs. Like, when he's autopsying, there's, like, dog parts being formed in the mass. Yeah. Um, And they get suspicious of Clark for being alone with the dog, which makes sense. It's very fair. Clark's the dog wrangler? Yeah. Thank you. Dog wrangler. Dog wrangler. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Um uh mac mccready is uh mac ready mac ready hot and ready is watching tapes that he took from the norwegian station and uh sees that they were excavating and so they decide they're gonna go out there so when you said that the 1951 movie could be put into 20 minutes that's basically that yeah that's that whole thing Yeah. yeah it's the opening scene with them coming and then that yeah that's all you need um so they go out there and um, they discover the spaceship along with the missing chunk where the alien was taken out. Um, Blair watches like a really bad computer simulation of cells. Oh, yeah. It's like really bad. Yeah. Even like, for like 1982, it feels bad. Yeah, they called it Pong in the uh, commentary. <laughs> they and did? then they laughed and laughed. Oh, yeah, because it's bad. Yeah, they well, they were saying that we can't do this it's too fake this technology will never exist oh yeah and look at it now john carpenter's computer simulations in his movies are pretty bad in general though yeah but you can't because escape from new york and la were bad but both his the highlight of his careers have been in the 80s yeah you can't fault the man for that no you apologize i'm not i will not <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't apologize to me hmm fair um, so that leads them to discover that the cells are still alive, even in the burned remains. Yes. Um, which Didn't I guess any of them important. have a microscope? But I guess not. <laughs> Just computers. Computers. Bad computers. Yeah. We don't need telescopes. <laughs> microscopes. <laughs> All right. Um, Bennings is the other guy that I was trying to think of earlier. He's yeah. the first one to get taken over. I'm sorry that Eric just yelled Bennings so loud <laughs> into your ear. But yeah, he's the one that... Bennings. The bald guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's the guy... You said he's the one that got shot in the leg? Maybe. I think that was him. Anyway. I'd shoot that guy in the leg. Yeah, he's not great. He gets taken over um, in one of the coolest yeah, takeover scenes. Yeah, I hate scenes. the look of 
when they're outside with him. Why? I don't hate it. It's just it's one of the, it's very effective in how he is just screaming. When oh, this yeah. thing screams, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, so he there's a couple shots of him getting like grabbed by the thing, but basically he gets out and then he looks like Bennings except his like hands haven't changed yet. So they're like weird claw tentacle things. How does that work? Uh, Changing over. Is it that they... Like, consumes the person? Yeah, but wouldn't it just break into one part of the body? Which is another point they find out that it it rips the clothes. Right. It has to rip the clothes. It goes in through the clothes and rips it, and then I just imagine you'd find a place to go in, and everything else would be the same. Yeah, there's not very many consistencies there. Because each time it takes over someone, it's slightly different in how it does it. Is it trying to make just everything it's ever taken over into a big clumpy mess I don't or is know. it trying to stay as a person and is it trying to stay as a person because it's smart and wants to get the other ones well the, the they do explain later when they're doing the blood test that like each individual cell has a need for survival hmm. so i think like it as many people as it breaks off into like it that's how many like it can become oh, yeah. as many people that's why they're like if this thing gets out it's going to take over the world in like yeah, a matter of it's days. very well, it's good to know that Carpenter and Russell were saying that they spent endless hours just talking about the end of it and who was what and oh, when yeah. and everything. So nice. it's nice knowing that nobody knew anything yeah. making the film, too. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it, it's cooler that way, though. Oh, yeah. They loved like it. it's like a total mystery. Yeah. I was hoping they would get into it, but they didn't really get into it too much. Mm. Anyways. So they uh, Bennings is outside. Mac torches him alive with the flamethrower um and he they screams his oh yeah soulless scream it's great um they realize blair is missing wilford brimley if for those who well forgot. we see him kind of shuffling along outside <laughs> yeah you see him like wilford brimley running the, yeah from the helicopter and and uh, mac finds out that he's sabotaged the helicopter the tractor he killed the dogs and then starts smashing up the radio room yeah so he's really doing a number yeah Oh, the scene of him smashing the radio room is great, though. Yeah. I mean, he's going nuts. Yeah. He's not hustling in that one. <laughs> no. He's got an axe, and he's just smashing everything. Yeah. Um, fine. They, they knock him out, and they lock him in, like, a like a shack or, like, a... It's shack. They call it a shack. Yeah, just, like, outside of the base a little yeah. bit. Um, they lock him in there for a while. But it is good to mention that, unlike the other one, the 51 version, there's... A horrible snowstorm that's hit them. Right, yeah, that's why they can't go in. Well, they can't go anywhere now because they're because fucking jacked. brimly. Yeah, before they couldn't leave because of the snowstorm. That's what diabetes does to you. That's right. Um, they decide to do a blood test, mm-hmm. and all the blood has been sabotaged. Um, so they decide to sedate the only people who had access to the blood, and Clark because they don't trust Clark. Why not? He's the dog wrangler. True. So they sedate him. The doctor, the other doctor, and Gary, the leader, because he had a key to the blood yeah. safe. Is Clark the only one who doesn't get done in by the thing? Oh, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Well, except for the survivors at the end. But. Um, Fuchs, who is just another character. Are they survivors, though? They could be things. 
We'll get there. He finds uh, one of Mac's torn jackets outside. Yep. Which seems to indicate that Mac has been taken over. And then he disappears. Um, so they suspect, they start suspecting Mac. They leave him outside to freeze. Mm-hmm. He gets back in and he's insane when he gets back in. Well, look what he, <laughs> they all just turned on him. Yeah. So he comes in with a flamethrower in one hand, dynamite in the other hand, and he's nuts. And frost in his beard. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of getting everybody, um, backed up against the wall and another dude, Vance, who's like the chuddiest looking dude. It's a guy with, uh, the square peg head. Yeah. And like the and bad the big, curly haircut. Yep. Yeah. He's the guy that's hiding in the room as <laughs> Brimley's jacking it up. Oh yeah. Jacking it up. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop. <laughs> um, so Vance, uh falls ill and mm-hmm. uh this is probably one of the most iconic scenes in the movie the uh doctor who's not blair is um what do you call those things oh the defibrillator De- defibrillator defibrillator <laughs> defibrillator that's right <laughs> he's like defibrillating him or whatever defibrillizes and hey, uh, at least i thought of part of that's it that's right you got you got most of it then uh vance's chest cavity opens into teeth and Bites him in the hands. Bites his hands off. Yeah. Just chomps him off. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. Um, A lot of screaming. Yeah. Starts transforming. Uh, Mac torches Vance's body, like, in the room. Um, but famously, his head... Uh, Trips off. Yeah. Detaches from the body and comes to life of its own. Turns into, like, that awesome spider creature. Yeah. And a remote Super, control. Ah, so fucking cool looking. Yeah. Um, Everything in this movie is pretty cool looking. Yeah. And you can tell that's something that Carpenter probably had a huge hand in. Yeah. It, so it, it tries to scurry off, um, which I always remember that, that head, that spider head thing being, having a bigger role in the movie, but it like transforms into the spider head. And then it scurries away. Well, he sees it and then they just torch it like yeah. right there on the spot. Well, it's because it comes onto the scene with such yeah. gusto. They do that classic, like, you got to be kidding me yeah. thing. Oh, that was... Kurt Russell kept waiting for that line. <laughs> he said it's the best line in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And he laughed and laughed. Oh, I'm sure. Never heard a man laugh so hard in my life. At his own line. No, he didn't say it. Oh. No. Who says it? Uh, The tall, he's tall, thin, kind of big nose. I don't know his name. Oh, Fuchs. Sure. Let's say Fuchs. All right. Anyone who I don't know is now Fuchs. Okay. That actually might be Fuchs. Um, so now that this whole commotion is over, Clark tries to rush Mac, and he shoots him in the head. Yeah. So as you mentioned, now the only non, <clears throat> non-thing death in the movie. And burn that body, too. Why not? Yeah, might as well. So Mac gets everybody tied up and starts the blood test by heating up a uh, metal... String, not string, yeah. wire. Yeah. And One tapping of the best it. Best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Tapping it into everyone's blood to see if the blood reacts to the heat or not. This is the scene that John Carpenter said is the reason he did the movie. I wonder if this scene is like this in the in the novella then. I imagine it would be something like it. Yeah, it must be. Because it's such an important part of the whole story. Yeah. And then they even use it similarly, not as effectively, in the 2011 one the prequel yeah i mean yeah they they mentioned doing the blood test in the 51 one as well and the blood was sabotaged too so like i'm assuming that the blood 
is a thing from the source material. It has to yeah. be. Um, so, you know, one by one, very fucking tense scene. One by one, they're testing everyone's blood. Nothing, and nothing, There's nothing. some humor in there, too. Yeah. Finally, uh, Palmer, who's just another dude, his blood reacts to the heated wire and freaks out. He starts oh, Palmer, that's the guy that says the line. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. He starts transforming and... Uh, that's a horrible scene. Yeah. His, his head... Uh, like breaks open into teeth and bites and then he grabs another guy's head and he's like whipping him around yeah, man that's great yeah hopefully everyone listening to this has seen this movie but if not please go see this oh absolutely movie. everyone should um so mac torches both of their bodies blows them up um we're getting into the climax now they've only a few people left they find out that blair has escaped from his little shack yeah, he's built. Yeah, there's an underground tunnel yeah. underneath the shack. It would make sense to be underground tunnels there to avoid yeah, the going outside the conditions. Um, and they find like a, a little spaceship kind of thing. Yeah, he's under built there a spaceship from pieces of like the helicopter and the tractor and everything. Yeah, it turns out he's a thing. Yeah, spoiler alert: he's a thing. Yeah, we've spoiled much. <laughs> <laughs> much like in the '51 movie, the he sabotages the generators so now they only have x amount of time before they freeze to death um yeah same thing different outcomes yeah um the, the remaining characters come to terms with the fact that they're not getting out of there so they just decide they're going to blow everything up mm -hmm. so they just go around and they start blowing up all the like rooms all the buildings in the yeah. station why not um i feel like doing that now yeah so they're the final kind of moments take place they're underground right they're underground yeah in, because when you that big horrible monster thing goes yeah. under the ground yeah yeah even uh, underground in the underground tunnel yeah um <clears throat> uh, so gary who's wandering around runs into blair and this is weird he like shoves his fingers yeah, like into his mouth like into his face yeah like into the skin and he just like pulls him by it really so i weird. guess they just find a place to go in and then, yeah yeah um, the scene of him dragging him like away by his face is, is pretty cool though. Very funny though. Well, yeah. sure. It was cool looking. Yeah. Um, anyway, the rest of them get picked off yeah. off screen. Eventually it's just Mac. He's alone. And then. Well, the Childs, they realized, ran oh, yeah, away. He left. Gone. He abandoned his post. Yeah. He's been gone for some time now. Yeah. I never, I, I don't remember when he. Like, do they notice that he's gone in the Yeah, movie? I think it's when they... I think they're up... Well, I don't know. Does he go down with them into the hole? No, I don't think so. He's no. gone before that. I think he goes up with them to the shack. Mm. Maybe he, they're going to test Brimley. Yeah. But then they look out, and then he's gone yeah. from standing his post. That seems right. That, I know... Yeah, they look out, and he's gone. Yeah. Very um, much like... Dreyfus and Jaws he yeah. tries to do something and then he's just like nope gonna go hide <laughs> I'm out of here or is he hiding yeah um so Max alone down there the thing like mo this enormous version of the monster tears through the floor yeah uh he like throws a full stick of dynamite at it blows it up yep uh final set sequence here he settles down outside of the bottle of booze uh resigned to his death and uh and Childs shows up mm-hmm and, uh, you know, there's that great scene of not knowing who's who. And then yeah. it ends with that great line about, uh, 
you know, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, we'll just wait here for a little while and yeah, see what happens. Which, yep. Which apparently they tested a few times with Childs coming up and without him. Yeah. So. I like the way that it ends. Yeah, they like the more ambiguous one. Yeah. It fueled, uh, you know, 30 going on 40 years of speculation about. Yeah, we're almost at 40 years with this movie. Yeah, about who was left. Um, <clears throat> One of the one of the more interesting theories um, that I saw. There is no thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> human is the most dangerous <laughs> monster of all. It's man. Um, was that you can see Kurt Russell's breath, but not Child's. Oh breath. yeah, I remember that. But that's been discounted for various reasons. But I like that. Yeah, theory. for lighting. Yeah, it's an interesting theory though. Yeah. Um, Shows how much people have picked it apart. Yeah, seriously, they've. I mean, this movie has its own fan website. Oh yeah. Was it post? Outpost 30-something? Yeah, named after the outpost in the movie. Yeah. Shout out to that website. Uh, Look for it. The, you don't have to do that. <laughs> um, well, that's it. That's yeah, the that thing. Ends. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. I wish more people who are making horror movies would see that one. This kind, this movie, to me, has the like infinite rewatchability factor in that because they never really explain things mm-hmm. and they don't over-explain how each person gets taken or whatever. Like, every time you watch it, whether or not there's things in there, but you're looking for new things. Yeah. You're like, ooh, well, maybe I can find a, a hint of what happened. Not that you are, but, like, there's that constant... Your brain keeps trying to figure it out. Yeah. Because you don't know. The whole thing is a mystery. Yeah, there's not that much going on in terms of different things. Like, yeah. the the thing attacks in different ways and you know, a head or right. a chest. Yeah. But otherwise, it's it's a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah, you, you had a good line the other day uh, talking about the plot of this movie where you said, the plot is that they just get taken over one by one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's the there's whole nothing thing. To, there's n- I mean, there's real small detail if you were looking for it, but that's it. Yeah. Like you were saying. Yeah, it's, it's good just, stuff. It's just a perfectly made movie, horror movie, I think. Do you think this is John Carpenter's best movie? It's real hard to say because Halloween is... I know. I I think I enjoy watching this one more than Halloween. That's fair. This one, it's funny because we've been saying how, like, small the scope of the story is, but this movie feels so much bigger than Halloween. Well, it's a Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. Halloween is, like, you know, takes place within a a block. Yeah, the biggest biggest effect scene is... Some guy hanging up on the wall by a knife. Yeah. Or f- another guy falling off a balcony. Yeah. Let's yeah. count that train going by. <laughs> it's pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great movie, though. Yeah. Nice work, John. Yeah. You have our approval. <laughs> I know you Even were waiting for it. Even if in 1982 it. you didn't get much, you have ours. Mm. Well, do you have anything else you want to say about it? No. I mean, honestly, I could watch this movie again right now. Yeah, I could absolutely too. I actually haven't seen the the 2011 prequel probably since around that time, maybe a year or two after. But um, I know you just watched it, but yeah. this made me want to watch it because it's, I was like, "Ooh, I need more of that like environment." It they, as I mentioned to you, they do the paranoia stuff unbelievably well. Yeah, but the effects, it's too much. It's yeah. too of the new century where it's everything CGI and yeah. instead of it like with the head falling off and crawling away or whatever you see anytime you see the thing do anything in this movie it's slow even when it's moving fast there's 
like it's drawn out as right. opposed to when it first comes through that block of ice it just burst into the ceiling yeah and it like the screams aren't even that good from the monster yeah thing alien it is interesting that you say that because the thing itself doesn't really move in this movie like the most that it does is like shoots things out tentacles and whatnot or like claws yeah it doesn't teeth. it never flees yeah but it you never see it like the whole Although, being like run at somebody did we see it flee when it first was there like it burst through the ceiling in the carpenter one yeah i don't think so i don't no. remember i thought when it was in the dog cage it might have burst through the ceiling oh i mean yeah like it like it doesn't go like up into the ceiling but it like shoots up and like grabs the ceiling it's like hanging there okay yeah it like shoots two arms up and like punches through the ceiling yeah yeah it's just it a lot that. of cgi in the other one yeah but they do have in the 2011 one there's the interesting point of you can tell who's a thing instead of recreating the blood test by like fillings or other foreign bodies oh because it your pushes out anything yeah, because it can't assimilate natural. it like a guy broke his that, yeah. guy broke his arm and he had a metal piece in there and that it fell out of him yeah that's a really cool uh addition i yeah. completely i wonder if that's in the that. book i don't know i'm really gonna have to get a copy of this damn book yeah all right maybe we pull our money together <laughs> if you can, can send us money listeners <laughs> maybe we can afford a 17 dollar book we can afford a paperback copy of who goes there <laughs> yeah and we don't want to hear any uh upright lessons about going to the library <laughs> that's right homeless people go there mm, to shower yeah to, wa- <laughs> to wash themselves in the eric's sink. never been to a <laughs> to a library doesn't know what's there it's just a big house it's like a gas station yeah, right a gas station <laughs> fuel up on knowledge uh, all right, let's look at our questions. Get a cough first, nice. Mm-hmm. Clear your throat. <clears> Smart. <throat> uh, first question: Does the remake stand up to the original? These are going to be obvious. Yeah, I, that, think. I mean, it surpasses it in every way imaginable. That's absolutely true. Yes, I can't think of anything that the 1951 version did better. No. I don't know. Not even its use of fire. No. <laughs> its use of door opening, maybe. Yeah, perhaps ripping doors open, that does slightly better. If you wanted to see how an airplane works, that'd be the best way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good footage of airplanes. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it the remake stands up to the original. Uh, this is an interesting question. Should it have been remade? Yes. At all? Um, I, I would like to see more remakes of those 1950s sci-fi movies. Sure. I think they, if they're done like this, it's, yeah. Stop remaking 80s movies. Yeah. Stop remaking the remaking classics. 50s bad 50s and yeah. 40s I never and understand that when people remake movies, why not take a movie that wasn't great, right, and that had a strong premise and remake that into something strong. We've on this podcast we've noted that several times yeah. when a story has an incredible premise and it's still not done right even in the remake because they don't they don't they're not understanding what missed and what hit. Yeah. Whereas this is a perfect example of somebody being able to say, well, the source material was great. They missed the mark a little bit, mm-hmm. and then correcting what had been done wrong. Yeah. Or it, it needed. That's what it was during that time. We can update it to be something that's not. Right. It, it it needs to be smart. Yeah. That's that's the main thing. There have to be hundreds of of forties, fifties, sixties movies that miss the mark on material yeah. like that. I mean, it doesn't have to be you know about giant bugs coming. Right. Could be but, about anything. Yeah. 
that one thing that was noted while we were watching the 51 one, uh, I think my wife said it, was that this feels like a mystery science theater movie. Yeah. Like, it feels like something that they would be watching and making fun of. And it, and some of those movies, I mean, some of those movies are yeah terrible garbage, but, like, some of them have interesting plots. They're just a product of their time, and they suffered. Yeah, and low budgets, because no one was taking these seriously. Right. And so those are the movies that filmmakers should be targeting to remake. Yeah. Not fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, like this flawless yeah. Wes Craven masterpiece does not need to be touched. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. No. Got a little heated about it. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, that's it. Yeah. You got anything else movie. you want to say about the things? No. I'm glad we finally did them. It's been over yeah. a year since we first mentioned doing them. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it in January, and then we actually... What movie did we do in January? Last January? Yeah, I know the answer. Do you? Yeah, none. We oh, did yeah, none. We, well, we did two in December, so yeah. we took a little break. All right, well, yeah, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. Um, head on over to wolfbaneblooms.com. Uh, scope out some you know, other episodes of podcasts. We got quizzes, reviews, uh, editorials. Got a list uh, going up soon of the best winter horror movies, of which The Thing is number one. So check out our other nine picks on there. Um, yeah. uh, depending on where you're listening to this, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, any other podcast site. Give us a subscribe, a like, uh, whatever, you know. Let Give us know how rating. we're doing. Yeah, a rating. That's yeah. the word I was looking <laughs> yeah. for. Uh, yeah. We should mention, though, that we, we recorded this shortly after uh, John Carpenter's 70th birthday. So oh, happy yeah. birthday, buddy. Glad you're not dead. <laughs> Unlike Rotten Tomatoes. Which uh, I hope he doesn't die within between. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes posted a tweet saying that he was he, dead. He, he would have been 70 yeah, years old. That was pretty great. <laughs> he was just Happy like, birthday, buddy. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.